Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself. Mike, how's everyone doing? Tired. <laughs> More importantly, though, how are you doing, Mike? Yeah, how are you uh, doing, man? I'm tired as well, believe it or not. Uh, mentally, I am beat. Uh, I actually, at time of recording, returned back to work after uh, dealing with the loss. And my first, uh, my first shift back was at the Canada stage. Mixing Bodactin. They are back for three weeks, and uh, yeah, that that was kind of a nice thing to come back to being able to mix them. That's cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. And of course, I got to hear one of my favorite songs from them, which they played in the last set. And of course, it's not going to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to delay and delay because I know I have it on a different hard drive. So it's, yeah, that was stupid me for accidentally hitting it. But oh well, let me just make sure everything else is okay, <laughs> and we're fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I got to hear Excursion Across the Bay, uh, which even though it's not one of their originals, it's a cover, and it was it was I, I love their their variation of it. But um, I want to do this real quick, business wise. Check out the homepage, and I'm going to go through this quick. Check out the homepage, Ripped Apparel, superhero stuff. There are affiliates. Check them out. Uh, some great stuff. There's some new Star Wars stuff coming out from both sides. Um, I don't think I have any other. Do we have any other affiliates up at the moment? I think that's it at the moment. Check out the homepage at WookieRadio.net. I know I got I got to get caught up on some of the other shows. Uh, you can you can find the shows both on the network site WeBeGeeksPC.com uh, we or on our main site WeBeGeeks or uh, WookieRadio.net. Uh, subscribe. We're on, but um, some of the new stuff coming from BioWorld merch is incredible, and you get it from superhero stuff. Um, email us WookieRadio or Wookie at WookieRadio. Net. You can find us on Facebook, uh, page group, on Twitter, uh, at Wookie Radio. And, uh, yeah, I think that handles all that. I have to say, going to Atlanta, flying into Atlanta, because um, my parents live right outside of Atlanta, on the way up, going through TSA at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Fastest I've ever been through TSA. I will say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm wearing my, my droid my droid road t-shirt. Y- y'all have seen it. It's the one I got from Rift Apparel. Yeah. Um, TSA agent, as I've come through the body scan, I was just waiting for steam and whatnot and go, okay, am I in carbonite now? Um, <laughs> he goes, oh, that's a cool shirt, but there's some droids missing. I'm like, oh, like who? He goes, oh, triple zero. I was about floored. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was, 
TSA agent dropping triple zero on me. Hey, we're everywhere. What the hell? That's Excuse awesome. the language, but um, that with, with the mindset I was in, that was a very welcome distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I told the same story on, on Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's to throw such an obscure reference, and then I'm like, oh, Doctor Affers, great story, great character, loved that they created her in the Vader series, but gave her her own series <clears> as well. The guy was <throat> like, oh yeah, love Triple Zero. Um, th- th- this just shows how here's a character that is now canon from the new Marvel comic line, and there's a fan base for him just as much as there is for Afra and MBT. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's a it, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just that there 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 is a love for these new characters, some of these new characters that have come out, and uh, I'm glad Kota Bayuka recognized that for celebration with one of their exclusives with the BT trips uh, artifacts figures. Um, Hasbro, get on the ball. Give us trips. Give us BT. Um, give us a normal Afro along with the vintage. That's, hopefully, she'll be involved somewhere. Yeah, you know, in one of these standalone movies in the future. So, yeah, really. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. But seeing someone active and they've come back and the book was a great success and I still need to get a copy of it. New York Comic Con is going on right now. And, oh yeah. And let's just go ahead and we're going we're gonna to bring the top four Star Wars stories that have come out since or since the time of you know, at, up to the time of this recording. So, uh, and I think the biggest story is what Ken's going to lead us off with. Oh yeah. Well, uh, total um, disclosure, we're recording Recording this Friday night, so Comic Con's only half over. So um, next week we're going to do an actual full-on everything that we didn't catch yet. Right. But uh, it had the publishers panel, I believe, yesterday. Lucasfilm publishing panel, and the biggest one out of that, they waited till the end of the panel because um, Timothy Zahn was on the panel to announce that we have another Thrawn book coming next summer. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you guys read Thrawn yet? No, no, no. Oh, I, I'm, I got to get. If the you don't get the chance, too. yeah. Well, the, mo- my library. I finally got it in and I was able to download it from the library website and um and what's his name um oh I think Thompson does the actual recording okay Mark Thompson and his Thrawn is amazing yeah um but the and the book is great I I had a blast with it um it's not just about Thrawn because you see the rise of Thrawn from the, when he first when the Empire first finds him all the way up until he becomes a Grand Admiral hmm. but you also have his assistant who gets brought up and I'm drawing a blank right now but um he's ends up having to come up and um, feels even more persecution than Thrawn does because he's uh, basically uh, the rest of the military looks at him as riding the coattails of this guy mm. but also you get um, um, Governor Price her yeah. backstory and her build up from nothing on Lothal all the way up to being governor of Lothal all of that's in the first Thrawn book oh, cool but um, the Lucasfilm p- publishing panel at New York Comic Con this um, this year uh, they had a all, there's a bunch of sites. This one I got it off of was Star Wars Newsnet. Um, great but site. They, Very cool. Huh? Site. It's a great site. Oh, yeah. it's, one, it's one of my, outside of StarWars.com, uh, Jedi News is one. Um, Rebel Scum is one. Uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars Newsnet is one. Uh, Ro, was it Roku Depot is one. Yeah, Roku well. Depot has some awesome stuff. And they, actually, they're a great one if you um, want to check out podcasts like us, because they do yep. regular podcast reviews for Star Wars podcasts. And, and I, I want to say um, thank you to them 
for uh, for the review of, of, of actually giving us a quick listen to for a review and mm-hmm. uh, I, I love their comments about our theme song. Uh, <laughs> this it's what makes us unique. So yeah, it's like gonna check right. that review out. S- Star Wars main title on bagpipes. Can't yeah. be that. With the Chewie singing the background vocals. Yep. <laughs> so. Well, uh, if you go to, if you check the Star Wars Newsnet um, Twitter page, they actually tweeted out a lot of the information from this panel. Yeah. But um, the most, according to them, the most interesting revelation from the whole panel came at the very end when Timothy Zahn announced a new novel about Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, the book is called Thrawn Alliances and will be the sequel to um, his, no- his novel Thrawn, which came out April of this year. Uh, uh, Zahn announced that the book is already complete and that it will be released in summer of 2018. Wow. So it's done. Now we're just waiting. That's a wait. It's a marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. Well, so one of the makes, biggest things with this. Well, ma- go ahead. Makes me wonder if they're re- waiting till summer of 2018. Could there be a Thrawn reference in the Han Solo movie? Mm, Possibly. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. The, maybe something in the book is actually or, or what, maybe their book references something that's in Han Solo. Could be speculation. Or maybe more the events. Um, actually, I know one thing this probably does do. It probably references some of the events from um, Rebels Season 4. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, probably. Could be too. Yeah. Because the first book was all about Thrawn and Price. And that's who's basically, um, they are. The, we know they are still the villains for Rebels Season 4, the two of them. Right, right. But the big reveal about this, not just that the book is coming, but the big reveal is it was also revealed that, the, um, that this story will feature Darth Vader himself. Wow. That's interesting. Now, in the first novel, they do have one meeting, if I remember right, of Thrawn and Vader, but it wasn't anything big. It was just one of those that are passing um, as one was leaving the throne room and the other one was coming in type yeah, of deal. Yeah. So it's one of those that Zahn or um, Thrawn knows who Vader is and Vader knows who Thrawn is, but that's all it, that's all it was. Well, This I'm looks sure like it's going to actually have a every, lot more to do with it. I'm sure everybody knows who Vader is, but... Well, yeah. You dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. <laughs> actually, if you're watching the movies and stuff, a lot of people, there may be a lot of people that, um, Vader's, I believe, probably more of a legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one yeah. guy in the entire galaxy. Yeah, you're probably right. So people have heard of this guy and heard the horror stories. But never but actually may, seen him. But probably yeah. have never actually met him or seen him. Right. Uh, that's, uh, well, the, most um, large governments and stuff, like, um, like we know who like the Secretary of Defense is. But that, just because you know who he is and you know he's out there doesn't mean you've ever actually met him. Right. You know? Right. So, uh, but this looks awesome. I'm definitely going to get um, get this book or at least read it as soon as I get a chance. Yeah. We can get a hold of Del Rey and get a, get some preview copies of stuff. I'm working on it. I, 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 like, <laughs> I, laid, I laid the groundwork down with DK and Del Rey back at Celebration. So. Nice. Okay. I like, um, I like this tweet from Star Wars Books. Thrawn is back and he's bringing Vader with him coming summer 2018. Hashtag Thrawn 2. Hashtag black and blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I like the Star Wars um, StarWars.com tweet. Grand Admiral Thrawn will return next summer in a sequel novel by Timothy Zahn featuring a very special guest. Hashtag New York uh, NYCC. But there's like an asterisk next to uh, guest and then skip a line. Darth Vader. (laughs) Nice. So, well, speaking of books, how about we go with this? IDW announced as well. Uh, 
if you liked the the world of Star Wars Adventures, um, well, actually, I'm just going to read the uh, the presser. As a special five-week event, comic book series inspired by popular animated shorts. Animated shorts? What could I be talking about? Fans who took their first step into a larger world with Star Wars Adventures are destined to love Star Wars Adventures Forces of Destiny. IDW Publishing and Lucasfilm are excited to collaborate on a new series furthering exploring the comic book adventures of Star Wars for all ages. Star Wars Adventures Forces of Destiny is a weekly comic book series that will star such popular Star Wars heroines as Leia, Rey, Padme, Ahsoka, and Hera, along with the newest stars from the Star Wars Last Jedi, Rose, and Paige. Just as exciting are the talented creators who will be bringing these beloved characters' stories to life, including an impressive roster of female writers from across the galaxy. Delilah S. Dawson, Elsa Chartier, Beth Rivas, really? Beth Rivas tackling comic, that's going to be awesome. Um, her book, oh shoot, she did one of the the recent Rogue One books, I think the one about Jen. Um, yeah, that actually amazing. started to sound familiar, yeah. Uh, Jody Hauser and Devin Grayson. Art and covers will be provided by Elsa oh. Chartier, Ariana Florin, Eve Weiderman, Valentina Pinto, and Nicoletta Baldari. Uh, Chartier will also contribute five interconnected variant covers, which will combine to create an iconic Forces of Destiny image. Collectible mm-hmm. animation cell variant covers will be available from your retailer, as well as a super rare variant by Annie Wu. Forces. If they ordered 700,000 of the regular yeah. book. Well, any uh, any action figure variants, Mike? Uh, this is IDW, <laughs> not Marvel. I know. <laughs> but my t- my K2SO action figure variant cover from John Tyler Christopher came in today. Nice. Um, now, chances are I could possibly get uh, the Annie Wu because the manager of my comic book shop is a huge Annie Wu fan. So he'll finagle, finagle some way of getting it. And uh, if not for himself, he could possibly get one for me. Uh, Forces of Destiny initiative has won over fans with its inspiring tales about these iconic heroes, says senior editor Denton J. Timpton. IDW Publishing couldn't be more excited to be a part of the celebration of these beloved characters. May the forces be with you um, this January when Star Wars Adventures Forces Destiny arrives weekly. So Cool. How about that? I need to go and check out the Star Wars Adventures books. I didn't realize it was weekly. Um, Mm. But then again, we haven't paid attention to uh, to the books in recent episodes, and of course, you know, I have just been lost um, for the last week, week and a half. So, um, but I, I've got the first book plus the preview book, and it's a great book. I, I love it. Um, I mean, so much. It, my wife goes, "Do we really need two copies?" My daughter goes, "Yes," because I'm not sharing. <laughs> like, <laughs> good girl. So, um, so yeah, that's the two big book. You know, that's the book news. That's the comic book news um, from Comic-Con. How about some, I know collectible-wise, I'm going to be getting them on the site. I have the images of the Hasbro stuff and I'm going to get that up on the on wikiradio.net. But there was something, but I think we pulled out probably the two coolest. I mean, Hasbro's not, not saying Hasbro's not cool. They are. But I think these two things are what's really, I think, popped to us and really had our attention. So, Derek, I'll let you take the first one. Alright, well, uh, this story comes from JediNews.com. 
uh, dot, excuse me, jedinews.co.uk. Uh, and it actually has a cool trailer video included on it if you want to yeah, check that Yeah, did you watch out. that thing? Oh, yeah. It's awesome. I, I, I want to watch it right now, but if I do, y'all are going to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Um, I had no problem playing other trailers on shows. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, London-based company, Ubtech Robotics, uh, has announced that they are coming out with a Star Wars First Order Stormtrooper robot. Uh, it's an app-enabled Stormtrooper robot that features a cutting-edge AR experience, voice command capability, facial recognition to ward off intruders, and patrolling capabilities to keep the area safe. Um, it, it, it's uh, going to have the robot while companion apps available on iOS and Android. Huh. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I just, I just thought that was poetic. It'll come on a droid. Uh, and it will be available in time for Christmas. Now, here's the official press release. Ubtech introduces new Star Wars First Order Stormtrooper robot with companion app. Interactive robot features voice command, facial recognition, sentry patrolling, and AR capabilities. London, October 3rd, 2017. Ubtech Robotics, a global leader in intelligent humanoid robots today introduced its latest offering the star wars first order stormtrooper robot by ubtech featuring augmented reality capabilities voice command facial recognition and sentry patrolling the interactive robot allows users to control their own personal stormtrooper and interact like never before to see the star wars first order stormtrooper robot by ubtech in action it says click here but uh we are thrilled to launch the star wars stormtrooper robot by ubtech said James Chow, CEO of Ubtech. Both Star Wars and Ubtech put a great focus on innovation and family-friendly technology. Together, we are delivering a new and interactive experience for Star Wars fans. Features of the Star Wars First Order Stormtrooper robot by Ubtech include first and third-person AR app modes, uh, protect the First Order against resistance in your own room, issuing direct verbal orders and launch attacks via the app interface in first and third-person view from immersive interactive app play. Voice command, speak directly to your stormtrooper to interact in new ways. Facial recognition, create a database of up to three faces using the facial biometrics feature for customized interactions. Note that the stormtrooper robot does not connect to the internet and lives within a closed network. So you don't have to worry about Skynet taking them over. I was going to say, all this is doing is just making it easier for Skynet to eliminate three people in your household. <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. It is the Star Wars Terminator mashup. <laughs> There's uh, one set for stun. <laughs> Sentry uh, patrolling. Order your stormtrooper to patrol the designated area to detect and respond to intruders. Connect via secured Wi-Fi on an encrypted platform. Platform encrypted to meet at least the minimum advanced encryption standards of 128 bits and no data or personal information is saved to the robot or the companion app. The stormtrooper robot by Ubtech retails for 299 I guess it would be pounds since it's yep. in yeah. England. Uh, so and- 
and or it's four hundred bucks. So about well, three hundred yeah. bucks. And it, yeah, well, US, yeah, four hundred US, yeah, yeah, three hundred pounds, four hundred US, and it's available for pre-order at StarWars.UBTRobot.com, Amazon, Argo, Stixens, Very, Toys R Us, and Menkind. Uh, doing the conversion, two ninety nine ninety five translates to three hundred ninety one dollars and eighty two cents US. Yowza! So. This is the mirror. Some of the features on this are um, basically a, almost an updated version of. Do you remember the old um, Droidica room guards they had back for episodes one and two? Well, uh, yeah, Droidica had, statues. They've had it for yeah. that. They had it with an R two unit. They've had it with. It's just, they're taking the same thing. I mean, this is awesome. The uh, the stuff they have in it. Yeah, but it's just updated of the same type of toy. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a bunch of different toys that have had the similar type thing. I want to know. Does this guy's walk because if you look at he looks awesome if you watch the video i want to know does he dance <laughs> possibly but if he's a cute little robot if you yeah. want if you want dancing how about we we know for force fridays sphero came out with um an r2d2 and the bb9e um app controlled to go with the with a brand new bb8 um well after being found in the Sphero app last month, which I haven't looked at the app, so I didn't realize, Sphero finally revealed the latest astromech in their range at New York Comic Con, R2Q5. This will be the Best Buy exclusive, but limited quantities of the droid are available at New York Comic Con for $199.99 while stocks last. Happy hunting! Uh, the droid of the Empire, R2Q5, is an astromech droid from a galaxy far, far away. Control your droid with your smart device or keep this villain in top shape through holographic simulations. The special droid has been brought to life like never before. That's okay. A two millimeter porthole will take care of R2Q5 with no problem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> since he, he is Imperial built. Since he did not make it off the ship, off the Death Star. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's cool that their their Spheros coming out with some of these. Um, I would love to see you like an R4 unit like oh a, yeah or, or actually an r5 unit r5 d4 in which you can actually blow his motivator <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah. fun. that would be I wild. Thinking, like that would be would be awesome um i would love to see an app controlled chopper oh yeah i would i would love to see an r4 unit come out uh well chopper you'd have to have it so that his arms can come out of the, his dome and then he yeah. um then it spins yeah it's I, I I think Sphero's doing a great job now when I first saw the R2 I'm like this is very similar to the Bluetooth one that I have from Hasbro so I but I know with their technology is a lot different and and I've touted Sphero for for a while I love their stuff I love the original products like the Spark and the um, oh shoot the others draw I'm drawing a blank on the others um, but they've got some great app controlled stuff so um, yeah that's where we are with that let's move on shall we no. Okay. I think this goes back to Derek. Wow, already. <laughs> yep. All right. So, as we all know, there's a little movie coming out in December. Uh, it's called Buck Star Rogers. Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to go with the redneck version. We're, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi. Star Wars The Last Jedi. We'll go, with, we'll go since I'm from Massachusetts. We'll that's, where go, that's where you go. That's where you go Fish hunt. Last Jetty on the left. Last Jetty. Since I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, we'll go with the Boston one. Star Wars. <laughs> 
<laughs> we we came up. I'm going to derail a little bit, but it's also going to help kill time. Um, we we joked around and came up with redneck versions of the original six films: <laughs> Star Wars, The Phantom Tractor, <laughs> uh, Attack of the Swine, <laughs> Episode Two, Attack of the Swine, Episode Three, Revenge of the Pigs. No, 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 Revenge of the Still. Uh, Revenge of the Pigs. Oh, okay. <laughs> because the fourth one is Star Wars: New Still. Ah, okay. Five, the revenue strike back. <laughs> Six, re- return of the jetty. <laughs> and now seven, the the still awakens. So now we got the nice. last, now we got the last jetty, <laughs> which could possibly be the longest Star Wars film to date, really? according to a according to a new source. Uh, the European cinema operator Cineworld has updated its website to include a listing for the eighth installment in the Skywalker saga. Among the info provided for the film is a run time of 150 minutes. Of course, given the nature of the source, this bit of info should be taken with a grain of salt for the time being. If confirmed, this means The Last Jedi will be the longest Star Wars film to date, beating out the previous record holder, Attack of the Clones, which came in at 142 minutes long. Uh, And then they have an update. This is from the Star Wars Underworld, by the way. Uh, Both the Fandango, Fandango and AMC Theater apps have been updated with new information, and they list the runtime also as two hours and thirty minutes, uh, and yeah. the they both apps include the film's rating, which is PG thirteen. Not surprised by that. Nope. No. So uh, yeah, so it's going to be two and a half hours. Well, there's a yet another update. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it has come to our attention that Cineworld has removed the runtime from their listing. While none of these count as a confirmation, being that multiple sources are now corroborating, this information gives it more credibility. So uh, it's not... Uh, it, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like Disney's going to go back and edit one or two minutes just to make sure it's not two hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> it's only two yeah. hours and 28 minutes. <laughs> But I can see them doing that, too. Mm. Yeah. Well, there was some other stuff that's come out um, that actually is for this next week coming up. Um, you guys heard, we talked about it last week, Derek and I, the, um, that it's pretty much confirmed that during Monday Night Football this week, we're going to get the um, actual trailer for The Last Jedi. Right. Right. But I've heard, uh, I guess also, I, I've not seen it confirmed, but I've seen it in one place, maybe two, and the second one may have picked it up in the first, that advanced tickets also go on sale at the same time. So we can start buying tickets on Monday Monday also. Yeah, that or midnight Monday night. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So that's interesting that we're going to get the trailer and advanced ticket sales on the same day. Yeah. Usually the trailer's out well ahead of that. (laughs) But then again, this is Star Wars. They could put out no trailer and they would still sell it out for weeks. Oh, yeah, I know. That's true. So. Well, since we've got time. Oh, I just want to add that I'm okay with the two and a half hour times. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's a good. I just, um, I saw Blade Runner last night. Blade Runner 349. That one ranked in at 158 minutes or something like that. Ooh. So it was like two hours and 35 minutes or something like that. And it, I was fine. As long as the movie moves I, and the pacing's done well, You could, I could sit through a movie like that. That's not a problem. Right. I yeah. remember my mom taking me to go see Gandhi when I was a kid. And there was huh. an intermission in the middle of the film. Like, okay, this means it's <laughs> too long. Uh, yeah. While we've got some time to kill before we hit the last story from Ken, um, let's, I'm looking at StarWars.com and let's hit some more of their uh, New York Comic Con news, such as okay. uh, New York Comic the Star Wars Black Series figures from Hasbro. We'll just go ahead and 
discuss it now. Uh, DJ is getting a figure. Uh, that's Benicio Del Toro's character. Um, Hasbro has captured everything from DJ's scruffy facial hair to the gold detailing on his jacket. For a character we have seen very little, uh, this is pretty impressive. Uh, Lucasfilm has a, has a great system with us. Hasbro senior designer Steve Bono tells StarWars.com. Uh, where they provide us all the assets during produ- the production they can. When actors do their costuming, they take pictures of them, front, side, back, and in, in every view they can. They photograph all the weapons, all the props, all the costumes, and then provide us all provide that all to us digitally, which we could then use to create the most accurate figures we can. Um, the likeness is impossibly accurate. That is Del Toro's face and no one else's. It's a testament to Hasbro's new design technique for portraits. Uh, also in here um, is, not to be left out, are the original trilogy fan favorites, Lando Calrissian in the Jabba Palace disguise. Bounty Hunters, Forlom and Dengar are also joining the Black Series. Oh, they're going to get me started, aren't they? Love the Bounty Hunters. <laughs> Son of a... They, they presented the team with different hurdles from sculpting challenges to a lack of reference compared to the modern digital assets for a character like DJ. Um, of the droid Forlom, Bono says, you may notice that he uses some pieces that you've seen in C-3PO, but we've upgraded certain areas. He obviously has a new head and a new torso. Um, the arms are of particular interest because he's a bounty hunter and uses a weapon. C-3PO can't hold weapons with the way his arms work. We've been able to articulate the elbows and wrists differently so he, he can really hold his weapons. Uh, hold on to this weapon. For Dengar, another bounty hunter who has slowly become a cult favorite, not much legacy photo exists. It's more of a challenge for the design team when bringing an obscure character like this to form. It is, Bono says, it involves a lot of Photoshop work, and to be honest, we go back and forth to try and do as best as we can capture the likeness. Hasbro searched for photos of Dengar actor Morris Bush outside of Star Wars to provide more reference. Based on the prototype on display, the work seems to have paid off, and Dengar fans will be happy it looks great it's a great piece Um, we're really excited to capture the actor's likeness with, with the printing process we have. He's got such character in his face. And why these figures now? For Hasbro, it's a combination of factors, but fan requests play a particularly large role in the character selection. Dengar in particular, I've seen a lot, says Steve Evans, director of design and development for Star Wars at Hasbro. I showed my son, he's 14, plays Battlefront, and he said, Dengar, yes. I agree. Uh, originally, it's like, wh- why do we why do we have a bounty hunter that's got an injured head with the head wraps you know back when I was a kid mm-hmm. but yeah he's become a, a fun character um, another character coming out is uh, looks like it's is, uh, Ray yeah this was a new Ray because I have the original Ray sitting right here so so um, that's well there's one you um, did you mention the um, Lando and the skiff guard yes okay and it looks amazing somehow I missed it yeah now also from Hasbro Mighty Mugs are back and these look amazing uh, here's some details of the, the new Star Wars Mighty Mugs. Hasbro announced the return of its fan favorite Mighty Mugs line of vinyl figures uh, with a new spin. Literally, press down on a figure's head and actually spins to reveal a different facial expression. Angry, <laughs> happy, or excited. Uh, <laughs> consisting of Rey, Kylo Ren, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and Princess Leia Organa, and found the feature to be downright fun, cute, and charming. This is when StarWars.com went hands-on with Wave 1. Um, adding to the level of play, something is, that is also very cool collectible. 
comfortable. Having a rough day at the office? Set your collection to angry so everyone knows it. Want positive <laughs> vibes in your apartment? Make everyone happy, including a certain Sith Lord. Or maybe you're just not over the moon to have Mighty Mugs back. Spend them all to exciting to be to spend them all to be excited. Uh, StarWars.com spoke with Jeff Liebowitz of Hasbro Marketing about the Mighty Mugs and their comeback. <laughs> um, we're thrilled to have Mighty Mugs back, and so is Hasbro. Um, basically, they the team is it, basically he's saying it's cool to have these collectibles back. The team's doing a fantastic job with the Black Series and Marvel Legends. Marvel Legends stuff is amazing too, um, and a lot of the other executions across the country. Uh, we thought it was a great time to bring them back. An expression that was beloved by a lot of people. Um, the idea for the Hesman feature came from a specific aspect of the characters. Uh, it's somewhat obvious when you hear it, but it's also kind of brilliant. We were inspired by mugs, the name itself. So to, to get the different mugs on, on as an expression uh, just seemed like a perfect fit. Um, the audience, the target audience for this is everyone. <laughs> now, yep. looking at some of these pictures in this article, they actually... No, don't go discriminating against people. <laughs> um, make- the, Dar- the Darth Vader? Who would have ah. thought that they could actually make the Vader mask have some expression? I know. And it's awesome. It's, it's it so is. awesome. Leia, the Leia one's great, too. Yeah, I love um, the Luke one. <laughs> there are 50 figures currently planned across vari- various licenses, and that number includes more from Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, there will be more in Wave 1, and you know, as they were saying, their faces are definitely set on happy. Uh, wave 1 of Star Wars Mighty Mugs arrives January 2018. But yet, there's more as I go to check time. Um, inside, how about the three and a half inch figures? Uh, we get an inside look on them. <clears throat> um, the name Finn, the name's Finn, and he's in charge now, the former FN2187, um, in plain sight of Imperial Fatigues, and a freshly equipped Captain Phasma face-off in a new set of three and three-quarter inch figures. Um, they, StarWars.com caught up with Steve Evans, who is the design director, to talk about the new line. Uh, the idea for Force Link came from a deceptively simple observation. For generations, young fans play out Star Wars scenarios with their action figures and provide their own sound effects and voices. When they pick up a ship or a figure, they have they pew, 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 pew. They make sound effects, says Evans. I think every kid on the whole planet does that. So why create something that does it for the kids then? I, I, I would still do it. Um, there are some things that never change, like kids love projectiles. Kids love weapons and little pieces. Just don't swallow them, kids. It's just a matter of kind of innovating around the fundamental playthroughs that kids are into. So Hasbro came up with the idea to embed RFID chips into the torsos of the latest line and coupled with a special sensor worn on the wrist. Um, and of course, bringing more authentic movie magic into the mix. What if how kids play creative sound effects? Evans thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could move that kind of compliment? If, if, if we could kind of compliment that and augment with real sounds from the movies. When the sensor band comes in contact with the new figure, it emits one of up to seven phrases from the character and over 300 sound effects to choose from. Uh, a special accelerometer also reads movements, giving the toys an interactive flair. Swing Jedi and Jedi tr- swing Ray and Jedi training around and the band emits lightsaber sounds. If I keep doing it, she'll start talking and get and getting cross. So in other words, do it too much, she's going to yell at you. <laughs> um, of course, I mean, it's just 
it continues on. I mean, the Force Band stuff is cool, but t- they tried it with uh, Phantom Menace with the whole Jedi yeah. communicator, and, and it worked then too. But yeah, it did, it was, but it didn't. Yeah, the only thing I liked about them was they they had, they were good stands. Yeah, that um, was about it. Well, I've seen um, or I've heard on other shows of guys playing with these, and um, they, they sound awesome when you actually activate them on the Force Band. Oh, really? Um, but I, also, it depends on um, how you hold it or how you get um, when it goes near the force band depends on what part of the figure you got what position they're in things like that will actually affect the, what they say yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and like they said if we swing them around they get other different sound effects yeah uh, so then finally the last piece is the Jedi last Jedi prop gallery where we see some pictures of the props like the first to order TIE fighter pilot uniform which looks pretty cool mm-hmm. um we we see the uh, the long axe and the electro whip chain. Yeah, it's like a halberd almost. Yeah, uh, the resistance pilot uniform, and it looks like they're showing uh, Poe Dameron's because of the black helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the tie silencer, Kylo Ren's tie fighter. I I love the look of this. It is literally, it's the, to me, it looks like a mix of Vader's TIE Fighter and a TIE Interceptor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it looks gorgeous. It, it's a brilliant piece. Um, the Resistance Bomber model. Yeah, these had to have been designed by the Mon Cala. Yeah, Mon Cala, uh, Calamari. Yeah. So it looks uh, like a B-Wing mixed with a Nebulon B. Yeah. Uh, a resistance cruiser bridge guard blaster rifle. This is pretty cool. It, it's I love how you know the weapons look similar to what the rebels used on Hoth, but also have their own flair for it for the for the modern time. Yeah. Um, the first order stormtrooper blaster rifle. I have seen the 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 regular blaster and it held it. It's gorgeous. It really is. And these are just these are just as cool. Uh, Finn's backpack with resistance blaster rifle, which looks awesome. I believe BioWorld has something similar that's coming out later this year. Uh, Kylo Ren's helmet and lightsaber, uh, a First Order helmet uh, for his First Order Stormtrooper, a First Order Flame Trooper helmet, and an Elite Praetorian Guard helmet. Um, so, yeah, some great pictures, some great stuff. Still still don't get a rough idea of how they see out of the Praetorian Guard helmets. But mm-hmm. It may be um, transparent and certain in spots. Could what be. What transparency? Could be. So, uh, let's move on. Actually, no, if you look, you can see light coming through, through the helmet. Through the slot. The visor. Yeah. There's, sl- yeah, there's slots in it. So, um, let's all go to the movies. Well. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I saw this show last night because, like I said, I went to go see Blade Runner 2049 and they were actually running this. And it looks the same as, um, what this is, is there's a new company making your pre-movie entertainment for uh, the movie theaters. Now, anybody who's been to the movie theater in the last, like, seven or eight to ten years, even I have noticed it first look all the theaters run it just about and you get like three stories and about 75 commercials right they, um, so the basis so you have something to watch while you're sitting there waiting for your movie to start uh, well there's a new company um, doing a new show called Nuvi N-O-O-V-I-E and um, and it's funny because Marina Menudo's to, to, from E! Television or whatever it is or Entertainment um, or some one of those shows she did all the first look um, shows well she's also doing this so I think I'm thinking it's the same company doing it, but um, this here is, says Disney is to provide Star Wars behind-the-scenes content in theaters with newbie video show. Um, 
there's no denying how awesome uh, reserving seats at your local movie theater um, is at your mo- local movie theater. Yes, that is really that is the most civilized thing they put into movie theaters in a long, long time is reserved seating. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you get you get to pick your desired seat, um, assuming it's available, and it can arrive at the theater mere minutes before the movie starts. Um, no more standing outside the theater for hours before the show um, for the latest blockbuster in hopes of getting into the theater um, as soon as possible to get the best seats. Uh, that being said, you may want to rethink your decision to arrive just minutes before the movie, even with your reserved seating ticket in hand. The Walt Disney Company has announced that they have established a new partnership with National Cinemedia, uh, who's set, and this is set to run through June of 2018, to launch a new video show called Nuvi. Uh, this new video show will run in theaters before the previews and will contain exclusive behind-the-scenes content for films such as December's The Last Jedi, the currently untitled Star- Han Solo standalone film, and other titles in the Disney Library of Films. Uh, the new videos are about 20 minutes in length, with um, including commercials, and will reportedly have the, quote, best content shown during the start of the show. Uh, Nubi will be replacing the long-running First Look video series that has been part of the movie-going experience for over 10 years. So, and uh, the description they have there, it sounds like it is First Look with just a new name. Mm. So, but this is going to be awesome, the fact that we're going to get behind the scenes for The Last Jedi and for Han Solo. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think so. So that means, uh, like they said, instead of just showing up right before the movie starts, we're going to have to start going in early again. Yep. 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 But you know, so that's going to be awesome. I like to get there a little early anyway, so. Yeah, sit back, relax. Have some fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, well, if you get there a little early, you don't have to wait in line for your popcorn and drinks or anything else. Right. Because usually lines don't start building up yet. This is true, too. So, well, how about this? Uh, we haven't done it in a while. We're going to do it, bring it back. Um, how about some books that are coming out? Uh, we had books that came out this week. Uh, we had Star Wars from a certain point of view that came out uh, back on Tuesday. Star Wars, ev- absolutely everything you need to know, updated and expanded uh, from Adam Bray and Cole. Paul Horton. Uh, I have the original version of that. It was awesome. Uh, Ahsoka by Emily Kate Johnson. It's a young adult novel. Uh, Join the Resistance, number two, Escape from Vodran, or Vodran, uh, by Ben Acker, Ben Blacker, and Annie Wu. Um, this one, God, I want the others as well, and I just haven't had a chance to get them. William Shakespeare's The Fourth Doth Awaken, Star Wars, Part the Seventh. <laughs> and it's um, Experience Force Awakens as a Shakespeare play, complete with Elizabethan nice. verse. Uh, Forces of Destiny, Daring Adventures, Volume 2, Jen, Ahsoka, Leia. Uh, actually, my daughter got this book this week. Uh, we had pre-ordered it for my mother. Uh, my mother-in-law pre-ordered it for her. So um, there is a Star Wars A New Hope Celebration Special. And of course, the new Star Wars Insider 176 came out. Um, and then... I new- discovered that Insider is really, really hard to find if you don't um, order it online or anything. Yeah. it's uh, There's less and less places actually carrying it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Star Wars A New Hope, a Cinestory comic came out on Tuesday uh, in celebration of the 40th anniversary of the film that started it all experienced Star Wars New Hope from this captivating graphic novel companion to the original film um, Star Wars number 37 I believe this is Jason Aaron's last book in the Star Wars uh, title I believe so yes so it came out Captain Phasma number 3 is out Darth Vader number 6 
Weeks is out, and a rare Thursday book. So children's activity book, Millennium Falcon book, and Mega Model. Oh, is that the paper model one? Uh, this is a children's activity book, but who cares? It's the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you, now you can build your own Millennium Falcon with this fantastic model that no Star Wars fan should be without. Enough said. Um, coming out this next week, Tuesday the 10th. These are all Tuesday, uh, the following books. Star Wars Master Models, Darth Vader. Star Wars Master Models, Millennium Falcon. Star Wars Master Models, R2-D2. And Star Wars Master Models, Scenes. I thought we talked about this back in September. Yeah, it sounds familiar. So maybe there was a delay. So these are these are the ones where you make the paper models of uh, whatever the main theme is from the book. That, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Um, then for New Comic Book Day, you got Dr. Aphra number 13 coming out. Uh, Star Wars Adventures number 3 coming out from IDW. Um, the Screaming Citadel paper grave, paperback graphic novel uh, that's combining Screaming Citadel number 1, Star Wars 3132, and Dr. Aphra 7 and 8. So that is what the books are for this week. Cool. Good stuff. From what came out this week and what comes out next week. Yeah. Well, now that we're on the road to The Last Jedi, there's lots of stuff coming out every week. Oh, yeah. Yep. So um, I don't th- I don't think we have anything else, do we? I don't think so. I think that's the end of the list I had. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, while we have some time, we have one more story we we're going to throw in to, as filler, right? I know. There was we're, one we're, more we're, in there. We're, we're giving a little behind the scenes stuff. Um, let's let's do the top eleven things that influenced George Lucas's original Star Wars trilogy. Okay. We all know the films. We we all kind of know what was happening. Uh, we're we're going to go through and alternate on these. Uh, I'll start us off at number eleven. Westerns. Kind of sure. makes sense. I mean, it, it, it almost has that spaghetti western type feel to it. Yeah. Um, most people are familiar with the western genre. It takes place on the American frontier. <laughs> that means the movie includes desert, good hard working farmers, outlaws, and a bar with a band and some really shady folk. <laughs> and that's just Derek's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Ken and I are sitting right here. Come on, Derek. That's kind of cruel. Um... George Lucas strapped the tropes of the Western to a a rocket and shot them into space. The story begins on desert planet Tatooine. Luke and the Lars family are honest, hardworking folk. Jabba is the black-hearted, black-hatted gangster. Despite being an outlaw himself, Han Solo has the swagger and the draw of a sheriff. All he's missing is a badge. So um, the Tuscan Raiders are sort of like the Native Americans. And uh, I, I think some of this is uh, these folks are kind of might be stri- stretching on some of their logic. But definitely I see the Western because it almost has a a, uh, a Western feel to it. So, uh, Derek, yeah. I'll let you grab the next one. Oh, that's so kind of you. You're welcome. Uh, number, <clears throat> excuse me. number 10, Dune by Frank Herbert. Uh, Dune is an epic science fiction novel. Well known and beloved by speculative fiction fans. <sighs> Pop up ad. <laughs> It tells the story of Paul Atreides, a young man who goes on an epic adventure, gains supernatural powers, and eventually heads a new religion. When it first came out, it won several prestigious awards, including a Hugo and the inaugural Nebula Award. Uh, Lucas' sci-fi desert aesthetic was probably inspired by Dune. Land speeders, rocket across the sands in Star Wars and Dune. The flow of a substance called spice is heavily contained. 
controlled. Instead of growing food like most farmers, the hard-working folk of Dune and Star Wars harvest moisture from the air. You may have noticed the parallels between Luke and Paul Atreides. Like Paul, Luke has a normal first name, yet is surrounded by people with unusual names like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Aaliyah. Paul and Luke's families are murdered and they are forced to flee. Through various plot circumstances, they both end up heading a religion. Though Luke is much more benign and less culty than Paul is. Uh, at least, of course, episode 8 could reveal that he wasn't benign at all, but hopefully that won't be the case. Very true. Yeah, I definitely can see that, um, the parallels there. Yeah, definitely. So, Ken, why don't you go with number 9? Well, number 9, they have The Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Now, anybody who um, knows anything about the behind the scenes of Star Wars, though, Joseph Campbell had a huge influence on George Lucas. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, in A Hero with a Thousand Faces, Joseph Campbell explores the idea of um, monomyth. He theorizes that stories from all over the world share the same basic structure. This structure starts with the call to adventure and ends with the change with the changed hero returning to the ordinary world to share his knowledge. The sources Campbell draws on range from the story of the Buddha to Ulysses by um, James Joyce. The term monomyth actually comes from another one of Joyce's books, um, Finnegan's Wake. While some may bemoan the use of the same structure over and over again, reading Campbell's theory allows Luke to, Lucas or allowed Lucas to tighten his grips and focus on the important story beats. Hero of a Thousand Faces influenced Star Wars so much that Luke Skywalker is now the cover of the new editions of the book. <laughs> or he's now on the cover of the newer, newer editions. Right. And then Mike, you got the next one? I do have the next one. Uh, the next one is <clears throat> the Arthurian mythology. One of the legends of Joseph Campbell's monomyth is the story of King Arthur and his knights. The Jedi Order can be seen as analogous Analogous. Analogous. Sorry. It's been a <laughs> long... Yeah. Uh, to the Knights of the Round Table. They're both warrior peacekeepers who go on adventures, save people, swing swords. Uh, the Jedi Council even sits in a circle. I thought it was more of a trapezoid, but who am I to say? Uh, <laughs> uh, as King Arthur's Knights sat at the Round Table. Uh, as George Lucas cribbed from Tales of Arthur and his Knights, John Borman cribbed from Star Wars when making the epic Excalibur, uh, which was filmed about King Arthur. The scene where Merlin meets young Arthur Arthur, and tells him about the mystical sword Excalibur is almost beat for beat the same as Obi-Wan telling Luke about the Force. And yet, no one complained. Mm. Force Awakens is a new hope. Well, no, it's a new hope in Empire Strikes Back. A little Empire as well. But no one was complaining. So, uh, Derek. They didn't have the internet yet, so they couldn't complain yet. They're not yeah. allowed until they got the internet. This is true, too. Derek, you got the next one. Ah, yes. Number seven. The films of Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Uh, da again with the ads. Entire academic papers could be written about the artistic relationship between Akira Kurosawa and Star Wars. Lucas loved the long shots and wide lenses of Kurosawa films, and as he studied the films for their cinematography, plot elements from films such as The Hidden Fortress began to creep into the script. Like Star Wars, The Hidden Fortress is about a civil war and opens with two bumbling peasants slash droids and 
transitions to veteran general trying to help a princess who is being held behind enemy lines. Lucas also borrowed from the image of the samurai that Kurosawa created, just a wee bit. His Jedi wear long robes and carry swords, like Kurosawa's samurai. Real-life samurai were more likely to be archers than swordsmen. The word Jedi comes from the word Jidageki, which is a genre of historical dramas about samurai, such as, you guessed it, The Hidden Fortress. Hmm. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And the next one's actually another one I, I knew about that most people have heard about. Oh, um, yeah. Number six is Buck Rogers. The, in the, um, yeah, the character now known as Buck Rogers appeared in a novella called Armageddon 2419 AD by Philip Francis Nolan. It tells the story of Anthony Buck Rogers, a veteran of World War One, then known as the Great War, who falls into a deep sleep and awakens in the 25th century. But the character became well, truly well known in the comic strip by the same author, uh, the stalwart space hero, the sassy female characters, and many Star Wars ideas can be traced back to Buck Rogers' comic strip, or to the Buck Rogers comic strip. In memorable instances, the love interest is captured by the villain and forced into a scantily clad outfit, um, and like Leia and was sassy with the Imperial agents, so she, so is she. Uh, she asks, what is this, a musical comedy? But Buck Rogers was to fade from popularity. Um, yeah, fade from popularity. Some upstart wanted to adapt the comic, but couldn't get the rights, and so he, they took the idea of a spaceman saving the universe and created... Oh, wait. The next one, Mike. Flash Gordon. Flash yes. Gordon, uh, despite being an almost carbon copy of Buck Rogers, quickly outstripped the original popularity. Uh, the main hero was a little more stalwart than Buck, uh, never cheating on his bland love interest with various stereotypical seductresses. He's, <laughs> are they saying Buck Rogers was a womanizer? No. Uh, by the time Buck Rogers got his own feature, many people just considered it another Flash Gordon film. Much like Galaxy Quest is considered another Star Trek movie. But it's almost better. Uh, George Lucas watched the Flash Gordon film serials and read the comics as a child. Hence why Star Wars has that serial fill with the trilogies. Yes. Um, when he grew up, he wanted to make an adaptation of the serials but could not get the rights to the property just like the creators of Flash Gordon wanted to but could not adapt Buck Rogers. And just like Flash outstripped Buck, Star Wars steamrolled steam over Flash Gordon and is far more popular. Flash Gordon was eventually adapted into a film by Mike Hodges in the band Queen provided the soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Yes, it yeah. was. I enjoyed that movie too, so. Oh yeah, the movie's awesome. Flash well, Gordon? It's alive? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines. Well, also, if you watch the old Flash Gordon serials that they had uh, that he was watching, the opening crawl is in there. Yeah. Just like he has in the Star Wars movies. Yep. Oh yeah. So, Derek, on to number four. Number four, The Matter of Rome. In many stories about the Roman Empire, such as Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare and I, Claudius by Robert Graves, there is a central tension between the Empire and the Republic. This tension is central to Star Wars as well. It's not as apparent in the original trilogy when the days of Republic are long gone. We hear talk of the Senate Leia is a member of, but it's dissolved with a snap of Tarkin's fingers. Our heroes are idealists fighting for the Senate like the hero of I, Claudius, but that's about all we get from Rome in the original trilogy. But in the prequel trilogy, the the influence of Roman history and Star Wars comes to the forefront. The bustling central hub of Coruscant was directly inspired by Rome. In Revenge of the Sith, a charismatic emperor takes power from a large, unwieldy 
Roman Senate, just like Julius Caesar took power. The clash of Republic versus Empire might not be as strong in the sequel trilogy since the First Order eliminated the Republic, but who knows how it might play out. Okay. okay. Well, or wait, is it whose turn is it? Is it your turn, Mike? No. Or is it mine? I think it's my turn, turn, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. your turn. Well, um, the number three on the list is the World War II. Uh, as one of the, the biggest, just by the dogfights alone. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, as one of the biggest conflicts in human history, World War II has influenced all types of media. Star Wars is no exception. The look of the stormtroopers, the uniforms of the Imperial officers, and the willingness of the Empire to commit horrendous acts parallel the Third Reich. Um, or parallel the Third Reich. Palpatine seized power in a time of crisis during the prequel trilogy. By the time of the original trilogy, he sits atop the chain of command, overseeing a. Atrocities like Hitler, see, like Hitler seized power and uh, oversaw the atrocities committed in his name. The first order of the sequel trilogy also looks like the Nazis, um, since they are trying to mimic the Empire. Then J.J. Abrams also created them by asking "What if?" questions about Nazi war criminals. Uh, he asked in an he said in an interview with Time, "The first order came out of conversations about what would happen or what would have happened if the Nazis all went to Argentina." Um, but then started working together again. The conversations about World War II and Star Wars often center around the bad guys, but the rebellion and the resistance have parallels in real life conflict too. They can be seen as um, analogous to La Resistance, the anti-Nazi movement in France. Uh, the sequence with the good guys' X-Wings also resembles World War II aerial dogfights. Uh, one movie in particular inspired George Lucas. Um, the movie was The Dam Busters. Well, and Dan Busters is in at number two. Uh, this World War II flick starring Michael Redgrave and Richard Todd tells the story of RAF's Royal Air Force uh, 617 Squadron. The film focuses Operation Chastise, a concentrated effort to destroy German dams on, on the Moan, Eder, and Sorop Rivers. This film is based on a true story, though some of the historic details are a little fudged. The film inv- invented some conflict with bureaucrats that did not exist in real life. Lucas lifted sequences from Dan Buster's shot for shot when creating X-Wing, creating scenes with the X-Wing fighters, especially the final trench run on the Death Star in hmm. A New Hope mirrors the final action sequence of Dan Buster's. Some say it's unfair that Star Wars is more well known in the United States since it ripped off scenes the Dan, uh, from the Dan Buster's. Fortunately, a remake is currently in the work. Unfortunately, it's stuck in development hell. We can hope Dan Buster's will get the acknowledgement it deserves. And then, in at number one, all you, Dirk. The Vietnam War. Interesting. At the time of the original trilogy's release, the Vietnam Vietnam War was in full swing, and Lucas created an allegory for the conflict in Return of the Jedi. While many Americans see themselves in Luke, Leia, Han, and the rest of the Scrappy Rebels, many don't realize that in this allegory, America is the bad guy. George Lucas intended for the conflict on Endor to mirror the Vietnam War with America as the Empire and the Ewoks as the Vietnamese. Crazy. Which makes a a certain amount of sense. America, while not an empire, is a huge industrial power. And one could argue that America's policies towards other countries are violently invasive. It makes sense for us to be represented by an oppressive empire invading a land without caring for the sentient beings that already live there. Though Vietnamese people got the bad end of the deal instead of being represented by actual human beings. <laughs> They're represented by teddy bears. <laughs> George Lucas probably could have p- 
picked a less infantized, infantilizing species to represent actual people. Okay. <laughs> I suppose so. Cool. Yep, yep. That's interesting. Some of those I see a lot more than others. Yeah. 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 Some of them, some of them are very obvious. Oh, yeah. And then some just let it go. Yep. Well, I think that's going to bring us to a close. Any final thoughts? Uh, nope. Uh, I think I'm all thought out right now. Yep. I, I just don't have any more left in the tank. So, <laughs> until next time. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet! I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. <laughs> Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!